How are you? Alright, here we go. Hey, this is David. And this is Dean. And you are listening to our podcast, Full of Maloney. We wanted to welcome you guys to our second episode uh, where we try to answer what they call the impossible. Episode one featured what this earth needed right now. And we got mm-hmm. some pretty good feedback from that. So um, if you guys didn't hear that, be sure to check it out on the uh, podcast app on iTunes. Yeah, right? it's on iTunes. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, today we got another just one of those impossible ones that me and David are going to find an answer for. And you guys need to debate us. It's one of those questions that literally has a million answers. So I think it's important to stress that we also want to hear what you guys have to say. We're going to sit here and try to tell you what we think is right, but there's no right answer to say. So reach out to us. Let us know. Where can they find us, Dave? You can find us on Twitter at F.O. Maloney. And you can also find us on Facebook with the same handle. What if they like to email, Dave? Well, we have an email too, (laughs) Dean. You know, we have an email that is at fullofmaloney26 at gmail.com. Sounds like a plan right there. Oh, yeah, it's a good time for sure. All right, so, Dean, I'm going to let you go first again this episode. And here's the question. Who is the best songwriter of all time? Who is the best songwriter of all time? My mind is spinning in a million directions, but because I am a, what do you call this, a producer? I guess I'm a producer of this podcast. I had to do some homework beforehand, so I have a clear clear person in my mind as the uh best songwriter of you all time you found the number one i found the number one undisputed number one honestly Ooh. all right tell me who it is i need to know we claim that there's no answers to the questions that we provide but i i pushed this topic to david because i have the answer today Ooh. um so with that being said drum roll please right number one songwriter of all time is d sir paul mccartney Better oh. known and just rolls with the Beatles, with the Wings, and then also has a stellar solo career, which which I'll get into. He's an all-around great musician. He really is. He's fantastic. Yeah. And you know what else he is? He's a good songwriter. He's a fantastic songwriter. The reason he's my number one songwriter is just, let's just think about this, the success that that guy's had. What? How do you define success, David? For music, I think success, you got to look at album sales. You got to look at sales across okay. the board. Sold more than 100 million records. And then, more importantly, more than 100 million singles. Paul McCartney has sold more records than the Guinness World Records has records, if that makes sense. Say that again. Say that again. Paul McCartney has sold more records than the Guinness World Records has records. My mind's blown. Over 200 million collectively. So he's a successful guy, no doubt. So successful songwriter. He has a broad range. You look at ballads like Yesterday, you go to Jippy songs like Birthday. If you haven't heard these, please look them up. I don't know if you've been living under a rock, but you need to look these up. He can also go techie with Temporary Secretary, if you haven't heard that. He can do the heavy rock and roll with Helter Skelter. And then really tie it all together with that dramatic Live and Let Die from the James Bond movie. So the, the spectrum this guy can cover is just, whoa. I have a question for you. Uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of music fans... Everyone's aware of who Paul McCartney is. Mm-hmm. Everyone's also aware of who John Lennon is. Mm-hmm. So why isn't John Lennon your number one of all time? Don't get me wrong. John Lennon is a super talented songwriter. I would probably put him in my top five, at least top ten at the very least. Um, but the reason is pretty simple. Uh, Paul McCartney just is more relatable to people. He's had a better solo career. His music actually was better on the Beatles in terms of uh, sales-wise. So... Um, if you just com- just straight comparison, Paul McCartney hasn't beaten almost every single category. Okay, so let me let me kind of shift directions here. As a music listener, when you listen to a song, what do you think about while listening to that song? 
to determine whether or not that song is well written. I think you need oh, okay. So me personally, I think of innovation, creativity, relatability, ease of listening. If that makes sense, it has to be easy listening. I'm not trying to go through a, a headache and. It, while I listen to a song, it's got to be nice and easy. It's got to flow nice, and it's got to be different and innovative. So that that um, easy listening, I agree with all that. Yeah. Except for the easy listening, that's a hundred percent preference, which is all right. The answer. This whole this question, is, yeah, it's, it's all preference here. Um. So, can you give me some examples of songs that Paul McCartney has hit on in those certain topics? I know there's a lot. Yeah. Which just, which topic specifically you want me to focus on? Do it. Let's go creativity first. Innovation you mentioned. Beatles uh, are very innovative musicians so let's go there yeah so uh just kind of a funky innovative way was if you guys just look at the song birthday it's it's happy birthday everyone knows the saying paul mccartney took that little jingle and put it to a whole new level so look at that you look at things i've already mentioned like temporary secretary or how about the abbey road medley which just had three short medleys and the way it just flowed ease of listening it was something that you know, for his time, people haven't heard before, so it resonated with people, and just a fantastic piece of art. What would you say that is something that you look for in a uh, composer, songwriter, or just listening to music? So, I asked you that question because I wanted you to ask me that question. There you go. I broke Good it down setup. into five specific categories. Number one, creativity. You talked about that. Okay. Number two, tasteful difficulty. I want there to be a level of difficulty that doesn't make the song sound insane, but that you can appreciate as a musician and as a listener to music. It, it's tasteful. That's why I labeled it tasteful difficulty. Uh, the next one is lyrical excellence. The song can either have a meaning or it can be created in a way that's so awesome that it has no meaning involved and that the listener can interpret it. So when the lyrics are constructed in a brilliant way, it makes the song so, so good. The next one is emotional touching of the audience. The listeners, uh, can they feel something when they listen to that song? Can that music give them an experience while listening to it? And the last one is musical impression. The musical instruments themselves. Can they? Can you be wowed by the drums, the guitar, or the electronics, or the computer, the overall composing of the song? Okay, so who in your mind brings all those five together in the best way that the world's ever seen? A very underrated answer to this question, that if you went out and asked 100 people... I could see a lot of people saying Paul McCartney, but I cannot see a lot of people saying my answer, which is Mike Shinoda of Linkin Park and Fort Minor. And I don't know if I would have had the same answer about a year ago. Um, with Chester Bennington's unfortunate passing recently, I've really listened to Linkin Park, but I've listened to them at a more deep level and kind of really appreciated what Mike Shinoda as a songwriter did and what Chester Bennington as a vocal talent did. But when you talk about creativity, there's not another band that sounds like Linkin Park. And when you talk to a lot of musicians today, you know who they label as an influence? Paul McCartney. No one labels Mike Shinoda as an influence, and that's not because he's not a talented songwriter. When Paul McCartney gets labeled as an influence, people try to write songs like he wrote songs. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make him the best of all time. So, okay, doesn't make him the best of all time. Disagree, obviously, but... You touched on all those aspects of what you listen to, and I'm just looking at his track record and what does he have to show. David, you're talking the best of all time, so you are putting him in the category as the Beatles, as Bob Dylan, as you name it. Like, wh- how can this happen? What, what has he done? What has he done? Linkin Park is mainstream in their 
genre, which is impossible to define their genre. If you Google what is the genre of, Linkin Park is the third answer. All right, I, I like that. I don't know how that makes them uh, better or the best. I mean, I don't know what genre Taylor Swift is. I don't know. Is she country? Is she pop? Is she pop rock? I don't know. She's country, make... and then now she is pop. And then she's, like, getting all funky now. So what does that make her the best? Because she can switch it up? Or Well, we are talking creativity right here when I was talking about influences. And here's the thing. You don't need to be successful. You don't need everyone to list Mike Shinoda as an influence. And people don't list Mike Shinoda as an influence because we were talking about creativity and he's the most creative songwriter. He took new metal, rap rock, I can't even, like, alternative rock. They have so many different songs, so many different styles of music that they don't need to lead the chart in sales. I get that. I'm, I just don't see... I don't think sales is what defines the best songwriter. I don't I th- either. That's what I'm saying. But So I agree with you there, but I think it's a pretty strong indicator of and songwriting Park, ability. Linkin Park isn't a slouch when it comes to sales. Didn't say they're a slouch, but I just think it's uh, you need some sort of indicator, and there's just nothing that Linkin Park has done significantly to put the best of all time. There's not a single thing. Linkin Park, hands down, has the best fan base out there. Linkin Park Association. How can you say that? The amazing response of so many people after Chester Bennington's death. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure Beatles fans paid amazing tributes to John Lennon. But Dean, in this modern era with Twitter and with Facebook and with social media presence, what the Linkin Park fans did for this band was incredible. And they were all able to keep their strength because of the songs that Mike Shinoda wrote. And I'm speaking mostly of the song One More Light off their last album. Mm-hmm. That, all five of my categories, creativity, tasteful difficulty, lyrical excellence, emotional touching, and musical impression, One More Light literally helped so many people move on from this moment. Yep, okay, so in time and need, I get that. Let's tie it back to your five categories. Your creativity, tasteful yeah. difficulty, lyrical excellence, emotional touching, and musical impression, yes. correct? So all, there's been uh, well over 70 years of, no, not 70, you look at uh, Mozart and, and all those as great composers. So there's been hundreds of years of musical composers and songwriters. And if you're going to be that good, obviously everyone, Bob Dylan, the Stevie Wonders, Michael Jackson, all had creativity, all had tasteful difficulty, all had lyrical excellence. So if you're good, you, you meet all those criteria, I think. So if you're the best, you have to like, give me, David, just give me one concrete example where something that Mike Schnoda did uh, excelled not only Paul McCartney in tasteful difficulty, lyrical excellence, but the Bob Dylan, Stevie Wonders, Michael Jackson's, like Taylor Swift's, whoever you people think you our listeners think are the best how did mike shinoda beat everybody i would like to highlight the one of five categories emotional touching mm-hmm. lincoln park songs throughout their whole career have been an escape and been a savior for so many people who dealt with what chester Bennington has dealt with mental illness and depression yep you look at their songs you look at numb you look at in the end you look at their, all their mainstream songs and all their non-mainstream songs there's so many songs and so many lyrics that Mike Shinoda has written that touch people on such a deep level that I do not believe Paul McCartney and the Beatles have had. So I'm going to counter that. So just to clarify, you think Mike Shinoda is the best songwriter in the history of songwriting because of the way that he has spoken to people that follow Linkin Park. By the way of that, 
while also holding up the other categories, creativity. Absolutely. Tasteful difficulty. Absolutely. Lyrical excellence okay. and musical impression. All right. So my counter argument to that is Linkin Park's fan base is about, I don't know, I don't know the exact size. We'll say a quarter of the Beatles fan base. So not only is he talking to some people, you got Paul McCartney's just blasting that out three times as much, whatever the number is. And just some examples, uh, you know, emotionally touching people. Uh, hey Jude was written for John Lennon's son when his parents were going through a divorce, and a lot of people knew that. And then in 1970, he recorded Maybe I'm Amazed for his wife Linda after her support in helping him get through the breakup of the Beatles. And Dave, in 2017, uh, we're all still amazed by that song. And not only a great song, not only that, what about Let It Be? That, that you know, the, the meaning behind that song, and I know you like the interpretation part the and the tasteful difficulty... The biggest part, though, is you could say that um, Mike Shinoda helped a specific niche group of people, Linkin Park followers, because it's not that big as what the Beatles were. But Beatles, I think, touched an entire generation with all you need is love and uh, the the plentiful, you know, options that they provided people for, for their ears and their enjoyment and and all that maybe not to as large of a scale. But I think it's a little foolish of you to say that Linkin Park did not touch a generation. Today's college kids and young adults, a lot of them through junior high and high school, which is some of the most difficult times as a kid, Numb Numb was a huge song for so many people Mm -hmm. across a generation. Mm -hmm. They didn't relate to, you know, 60-year-olds of their time. Sure, I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. But as a songwriter, you're not... You're writing what you can feel and turning it into a piece of art. I agree, and I think you saying that he does it the best out of anybody is just not true. Let's look at Numb for a second. Give me Numb's accolades and the statistics on what Numb has done. You can't define the best song writer by success. I tell you what I will give you. An amazing lyric from that song that mm-hmm. Chester screamed that touched so many people. Mm-hmm. And I know I may end up failing too, but I know you were just like me with someone disappointed in you. I think it's just Mike Shinoda's emotional touching across so many genres. You saw what he could do in Fort Minor. You saw what he can do in Linkin Park, which Linkin Park in itself had 17 different genres. That's not an accurate number, but that's what it feels like. The Beatles are the Beatles. They had some musical differences between albums. But they're always in the same genre. I would disagree with that. But what genre would you classify the Beatles as? Uh, as a whole, which I think is kind of inaccurate and unfair. That's like, what would you classify Linkin Park as if you had to pick one? But it would be pop rock. It would be the Beatles. But they they dabbled in you know folk rock, psychedelic rock, heavy metal, um, you name just classic rock and roll. So I don't. Yeah, but you look at Paul McCartney to. And then Paul the McCartney wings. dabbled with technology, did the temporary secretary, temporary does the ballads. Temporary secretary is not a good song when you look at and outside of creativity. You look at tasteful difficulty, it's an easy song. You look at lyrical excellence, terrible song. You look at emotional touching, that doesn't touch me emotionally at all. The only thing it does is get stuck in my head. And you look at musical impression, I find it to be quite annoying. Yeah, I'm not saying temporary secretaries at all. The standard that you should hold Paul McCartney to. It just that's a good example of it shows that his range and in, in which the different genres you, he can cover. You, you can't cover successfully. Not successful. That was a successful song. It was not a success. It was successful when you look at sales and the amount of people who bought it. Sure, but when you look at successful as 
in terms of writing that song mm-hmm. and being the best songwriter. He went outside of his genre, and he was... If he wrote like that for every single song, you would not call him the best songwriter. Right, but he hasn't done that, and he's excelled in the, what he's known for. Well, but let me just ask you something. Mike Shinoda, what is has he done anything for anybody else besides Lincoln Park or Fort Minor? You know... Paul McCartney has done the Live and Let Die for a James Bond movie. He actually did the Destiny for all your video gamers out there. He did the Destiny soundtrack um, for that, too. He also did a Super Bowl appearance. He wrote, I don't know if you knew this, but Paul McCartney wrote uh, the Rolling Stones' second single. Their first single was a cover by Chuck Berry, but Paul McCartney, they didn't have a single. So Mick Jagger was hanging out with Paul and John was like, guys, can you help me out? And they're like, yeah, we can whip you something up. Paul McCartney spit out. I Want to Be Your Man in 1963, which was the Rolling Stones' big U.S. hit. So what I'm asking you, the big question I'm asking you, Dave, is if Mike Shinoda has such this impact on people and uh, emotionally and um, the creativityness and the innovation, the impression, the overall impression, how come he's not being sought out uh, to, the, to the degree that Paul McCartney's being sought out after? You mean being sought out after by Jay-Z, by Busta Rhymes, by the Transformers movie? He wrote that song, What I've Done, for the Transformers movie. And if you look on Google this, it's an amazing video, and I recommend everyone to Google this. After Chester Bennington's death, over 200 fans got together and played that song. Uh, Dave, I think that's great. Um, but if you're going to compare Jay-Z to Michael Jackson, because that's who Paul McCartney's worked with, or Stevie Wonder, or Elvis Costello, Rihanna, Kanye West more recently. So you're comparing Busta Rhymes to Michael Jackson, which is just completely unfair. You're comparing the Transformers movie to a classic James Bond movie. And then you got the Destiny soundtrack in there. So, And he's also, and you want to talk about movement too. He just recently in 2015 did the love song to the earth which kind of just talked about how you treat your earth and just had a big environmental movement behind it. Good meaning. So just how do you compare the two? Where do you draw Michael Jackson, the Busta Rhymes, and Jay-Z? And yeah, just I go never, ahead. I never once compared Busta Rhymes to Michael Jackson or James Bond to Transformers. But that's how you're differentiating Michael's... The best songwriter? That's not how I'm differentiating the best songwriter of all times. What I'm saying, you asked me originally who sought out Mike Shinoda, who sought out Linkin Park. People sought out Linkin Park. You look, but at not the- to the degree of Paul McCartney. So um, that's the point I'm trying to make. So, and I think that's another very strong indicator. Okay, who's more talented and who can touch more people? Who's more creative? Who's got the better lyrical excellence? Or who's more relevant? I and I why why is he more relevant? Why would you say Paul McCartney is more relevant? Paul McCartney is more relevant because he's been around for a long time and he is, in fact, a great songwriter. He has had a lot of success and the Beatles as a whole have had a lot of success. You know what, Dave? The Beatles are fantastic. You you really did have an uphill battle tonight, so I'm going to give you the final word and, and preach your final message on why Mike Shinoda is the greatest songwriter of all time. Mike Shinoda can be viewed as the greatest songwriter of all time if you really give him an honest chance. You know, he's, he's a part of a band who has had a lot of success, but not... Your grandma won't know who Linkin Park is. Your little cousin won't know who Linkin Park is. But to my generation, to our generation, to a few generations above us, Mike Shinoda has helped people through so many tough times. I can never, and this is a personal question, it's personal preference, I can never listen to a Beatles song when I'm upset or depressed and just be happy or find an inner strength. Yeah, so maybe I would maybe Mike Shinoda is a little premature to be best songwriter of all time. Would you agree with that? No, I think okay. I think people not to me, to other people sure, but this is my answer. It's Mike Shinoda. Wow, that was a fun podcast, Dave. What do you say? I, I had a blast doing that. I, you know, I really appreciate the points you came in with Paul McCartney. I do think he's a great songwriter. So. Yeah, and and who doesn't love music? So, let's hear what you guys have to say. 
Nobody knows who the best songwriter is. I mean, it's Paul McCartney, but we want to hear what you have to say. No. So, And I know that I came in with a dark horse. Not many people would have expected the answer I said, so I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have dark horse answers and underrated songwriters, so I really want to hear what you have to say. So again, find us at Twitter, F.O. Maloney. Find us at Facebook, F.O. Maloney. Shoot us an email, fullofmaloney26 at gmail.com. Well, you all just got served 20 minutes of Full of Maloney. Hope you enjoy.